Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 1,373. Well, numbers like 327 and 1138 are ones that pop up throughout the Star Wars stories. But there's another number that's been lurking a little bit quietly. And it came up again in The Last Jedi. And I thought I would take a moment to have a look at that number and its potential meaning in the Star Wars galaxy. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Mike and Joe from the Cantina Cast. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod, and this is Star Wars 7x7. So let me give you a quick bit of background here to explain where I'm coming from on this thing. So... Growing up, I went to religious schools, actually. It was really a means for keeping me out of the public school system. That was what my mom's whole bag was. But anyway, um, I went to a Baptist school for eight years and then finished it off with Catholic high school. They had two different ways of looking at things biblically. And in particular, things that were taken literally by the Baptists or metaphorically by the Catholic Church. I'm thinking in specific of the number 40 as it is used in the Bible. So, for example, when you hear about the Jews wandering for 40 years in the desert, or when you hear about Jesus being in the desert for 40 days and 40 nights, and things like that, the Baptists take that literally, like it was really 40 years on a calendar that the Jews were wandering in the desert. It was really 40 days on a calendar that Jesus was wandering in the desert and getting tempted and whatnot. But the Catholic Church looks at it differently. They actually say that that's sort of a, a metaphorical number. It's meant to imply that it's a long time and it's not necessarily 40 days or 40 years or whatever. Just that when you hear that number, you are to think that it's a significant amount of time and that the number 40 is always used in times of trials or tribulations or that sort of thing. So it has sort of a a testing connotation to it, if you will. And as I've been revisiting The Last Jedi through the novelization by Jason Fry, the fact that there were at least 30 Star Destroyers that were following in the wake of the Supremacy chasing the last of the Resistance, and that there were also 30 transports that launched off of the Rattus trying to make planet fall on crate, I thought to myself, you know what? The number 30 is not just a random number. I mean, nothing is random in Star Wars in general, but why did they come up with 30? And 
when you start thinking about that number a little bit more, you realize that it pops up a bit more often than you might expect. There is, of course, the most famous reference of all, which would be to the 30 rebel ships that attacked the Death Star in the original Star Wars. But that's not the only 30 reference. There are actually a couple more of them in The Empire Strikes Back and in Return of the Jedi. Specifically, in The Empire Strikes Back, there were 30 rebel transports also that tried to escape from Hoth. Those are the ones that, you know, look those like real big, long tube-shaped ones. And, of course, there was a rebel transport toy by Kenner back in the day. I'm sure there are a lot of folks listening to this and watching this who might remember that very fondly. Anyway, there were 30 of those ships, and they are specifically... A GR-75 medium transport. There were 30 of those that tried to escape from Hoth, and of course not all of them actually made it. And as far as Return of the Jedi goes, well, there's another 30 there as well. It was 30 Star Destroyers that were at the Battle of Endor. And here's the thing about this whole 30 business. You know, thinking back to my Baptist slash Catholic education, on the one hand, because we're all so very literal about canon and we all want to know exactly what was happening in the movies and in the books and in the comics and all this stuff, the number 30, we do take it as a very literal number. When we say there were 30 ships, there were 30 ships. There were a combination of X-Wings and Y-Wings, only two X-Wings survived, only one Y-Wing survived, right? But it was 30, count them, 30 ships. And yet, and yet, when you encounter things like, you know, 30 Star Destroyers over Endor, or 30 Star Destroyers at least following in the wake of the Supremacy in The Last Jedi, well, you start to wonder if the number 30 used there isn't meant in a more figurative or metaphorical sense, the idea being that it's just an overwhelming force that they have to face. Now, there isn't one that jumps out at me as far as The Force Awakens goes, and I went and looked to see if there was any record of how many X-Wings went to attack Starkiller Base, and it doesn't seem like it was anywhere near 30, unfortunately, for the Resistance. It might have gone a little bit better for them if they had a few more, and certainly it wasn't 30 that showed up at Takodana to rescue everybody there. The only thing that really tied in with The Force Awakens in 30 years is the fact that it's 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi. That's when The Force Awakens takes place. So I think that's actually rather significant in its own right. And sure, they had to make it 30 years because you've got to age everybody and all this. But what is it, from 83 to 2013, that would be 30 years. And then 2015 when the movie came out, so 32. But 30 is a again, significant number here. This is them saying, hey, we want you to pay attention. And it almost adds to the mythology of it to some degree to your, for you to realize that they're using the number 30 in larger senses. And I'm sure that there are other places this exists in the Star Wars galaxy, in TV shows perhaps, or in the books or whatever. So I'm going to start paying attention to those, see if I can find more examples of it. The thing is, is that I went looking for them in the prequels, and I was rather shocked to have difficulty finding any 30 references in there. There were references to there being a significant number of those Trade Federation battleships in orbit over Naboo for the blockade. So in my head, I'd like to say, oh, maybe there were 30 of them, but 
there's no reported number anywhere. Nothing in Attack of the Clones. I was looking at, oh, maybe Anakin killed 30 Tusken Raiders, but no record of that. Anything with the big battle on Geonosis? No, no significant 30s kicking around in there or anything like that. And same with Revenge of the Sith. Like, there's just no numerical significance there in that regard. So I feel a little bummed about that. I was hoping that I would find something there, but no such luck. And not in Rogue One either, actually. There's no Battle of Scarif thing that says, oh, there were 30 rebel ships that went to that thing. No, actually, there were a lot more rebel ships that went to Scarif. And so doesn't hold water in that sense. But it held water in the original trilogy, and I found that really fascinating. And the fact that it seems to have been referenced not once, but now twice, actually three times across two movies with the sequel set of movies. Well, that, I think might be significant and might not necessarily be accidental. All right, I'm going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, a comment that John Boyega made at a convention recently is possibly exciting and also doesn't really tell us a darn thing. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Want a free copy of The Last Jedi in 4K UHD HDR with Dolby Atmos and Dolby Vision? It's the highest quality you can possibly watch The Last Jedi at, courtesy of Voodoo. And starting Friday, March 16th, I'm giving away those 10 to the first 10 people who become patrons of the podcast at the $5.01 level or higher. And if you join at the 1138 level or higher, I'll throw in a free copy of The Force Awakens Trivia Book 2. Go to patreon.com slash sw7x7 to support the show and get your free copy of The Last Jedi. Again, that's patreon.com slash sw7x7. Welcome back. So John Boyega was at a convention in Washington, D.C. and said that he was very excited that he and Daisy Ridley would be back together again and back in action together in Episode 9. Now, that comes with a caveat, which is that he still hasn't read the script that has been completed by J.J. Abrams and Chris Terrio, but he got a text from Daisy Ridley saying that, hey, hey, you know, we're going to be back together again. And even that you kind of have to take with a grain of salt because that could just mean that in a few short months when filming starts for Episode 9 that they're going to be back together again. But really, I think it's also a flag for us that the two of them are going to be on screen much more together than they were in The Last Jedi. And that's sort of, you know, the way The Last Jedi set up. I mean, J.J. Abrams created a situation where Rey and Finn would be separated. There was just no help for it, right? But now they get to get the gang back together. The gang is back together for episode nine, whether it takes place within, you know, a couple of months or a couple of years after the events of The Last Jedi. But it probably is worth pointing out that even with the band getting back together to some degree in Return of the Jedi, they were again split apart during the middle of the movie, so that way Luke could go off and face Vader, but Han and Leia stayed together, and then Lando was doing his own thing too, so there's every reason to believe that they will still be broken apart in Episode Nine, just knowing that, hey... You know, these things, maybe they're not copies, maybe they're not ripoffs, maybe they just rhyme with each other the way Lucas liked to say. 
and you know ring theories like to espouse and that sort of thing so i think there's a good reason to believe we'll see them together more in episode nine than we did in episode eight it's not going to be that difficult to beat that number but possibly not as much as we saw in the force awakens anyway that's my take on it i'd love to hear yours so please chime in at the blog post for this show's episode at sw7x7.com or on facebook for either of the posts for this episode the audio or the video post and that's at facebook.com slash sw7x7 that's going to do it for the podcast today. Tomorrow, the interview with Jason Fry, the author of The Last Jedi novelization. But until then, it just remains for me to say thank you so much for listening. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go into hiding in the desert, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And we'll be able to do even more with the show for you with your support at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a crazy old hermit, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018, Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.